since learning the truth about alcohol over four years ago, I've become pretty skeptical about anything that seems too good to be true. You know, like alcohol. If you're like me and you can spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away, congrats, you're a skeptic too. Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our standards. I take Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus every morning because it has high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. It's gentle on an empty stomach and has a minty essence in every bottle that helps make taking my multis actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com forward slash sober mom. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash sober mom for 25% off. All right, you guys, I am currently struggling with a pinched nerve in my neck. And if you have ever had one, you know the pain. So I am feeling super thankful for today's sponsor, Tanasi. Tanasi's CBD, CBDA is two times better than CBD alone and better than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. It helps soothe and relieve my aches and pains like my pinched nerve, and it's great for sleep and anxiety, so I put it on right before bed. Tanasi was discovered by a team of chemists and biologists at Middle Tennessee State University, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university partner for ongoing research. It is THC-free and comes in a range of products. I love the topicals, but you can also choose from soft gels, gummies, and tinctures. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Try Tanasi for 30 days, and if you don't love it, you get a full refund. Go to Tanasi.com and use code MOM to get 25% off at checkout. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with promo code MOM. Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life on Instagram. If you are a mama who has questioned your relationship with alcohol at times, if you're wondering if maybe it's making motherhood harder, this is for you. I will be having candid, honest, funny conversations with other moms who have also thought, hmm, maybe motherhood is better without alcohol. Is it possible? We'll chat and we'll talk about all things sobriety and how we've found freedom in sobriety. I don't consider myself an alcoholic. You don't have to either. And maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey and I'm so excited to get started. Hello, happy Friday. Welcome to our special episode of the Real Sober Mom Chats. It's like the Real Housewives, but without the booze and the bad drama and the fillers. (laughs) How's that? I have heard so much feedback about the sober moms. You guys love the stories from real moms who are in it, who are figuring out, who are maybe sober curious. They're talking about their journeys, and that's what this is. We are bringing you moms from the Sober Mom Life Cafe. All of these moms connect over there 
If you want to come and join us, it's $15 a month and you get, first of all, you get to sign up to share your story on the Real Sober Mom chat. That link to join the cafe is in the show notes. You also get weekly Zoom meetings. You get Discord chat where you can chat with moms just like you all day long. Book club. You get bonus podcast episodes. It's just a huge party over there. Come and join us. And I know you will enjoy this episode of the Real Sober Mom Chats. Joanna, welcome. (laughs) This is going to be a little bit different, you guys, because Joanna... You have been probably since the beginning, I think, right? Yeah. Since the beginning when we were on Patreon, actually before Patreon, yes. when it was just the free Tuesday meeting, right? Yes. You're an OG. <laughs> I am an OG. You an are OG. an OG. An OG. But it's interesting because I know you, we're friends, mm-hmm. but I don't know like the ins and outs of your story. Like I don't know the, you know, when you started drinking and all like when everything started. Yeah. It's so interesting to know, you know, in our meetings every week, we go deep with the women and with each other and we just talk about everything. But then to really go one-on-one and be like, okay, so when did you start? When did you, this will be fun. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tell me, where do we start? With little Joanna. If I was to go back to like, when did I start drinking or just in general? I think the first time I recall tasting alcohol or drinking a sip of alcohol was when I was in eighth grade at a party. Okay. Like, yeah. Kind of one of those, like we're playing a game and they may have like had something in the basement mentality of a parent and it was like, oh, let's taste it. Totally. But it wasn't ever anything that I was into at that age. So you didn't like it? Like you tasted it and you were like, this is gross. I never want to do this again. Very boozy and not my jam. I've never, ever been an alcohol shot girl. Like I do not like the taste of like a straight alcohol beverage. Same. I mean, I definitely went through my shot period, but I don't. Yeah. When you can like taste the ethanol, like bleh. You yeah, were beer. Never. You liked beer, right? I was a wine girl. Oh, you were? Well, I was a beer girl. Yeah. I mean, shoot, through life. I mean, we didn't have money. It was like, yeah, you drank whatever keg beer. Yeah. And you drank beer, and I drank Zima, or I've had Boone's Farm, Strawberry Fields, Mad Dog 2020. Oh, Mad Dog. Oh, well, obviously, like Natty Light, Natty Ice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was that mm-hmm. other one? Bush Light. Yes. Ice House. Oh my God. Ice mm-hmm. House. Yes. That was so gross. Oh, yes. I had a boyfriend who like only drank Ice House. That's so gross. Well, that's probably because that's all you could get and it was cheap. Yeah. But yeah, that was not a big thing for me. So like I was yeah. very obviously sociable through high school Yeah. and friends with a lot of different people. Yeah. Where is this? Is this in Illinois? Yeah. I grew up in okay. Illinois in the suburbs. Yeah. Just like a big high school. And I always was comfortable with lots of different people. Yeah. And I'm the oldest in my family. So mm-hmm. I'm the older sibling. And there's a 10-year age gap between myself oh. and my youngest sister. Okay. So, you know what I'm saying? Like I would go to parties and go out. I was in sports, but yeah. nothing crazy. Like, yes. Did I go to parties? Yes. Did I ever do anything wild and nuts or remember like blacking out or drinking too much? No. Yeah. And so you never like got in trouble for it. Like you were never 
in high school, you were never like the troublemaker. No, I've never had a detention in my life. <gasps> Same. I'm sorry. Seventh grade, I did. Oh, what'd you do? I, I lit a piece of paper on fire in science from the Bunsen burner. <gasps> oh, burner. okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, they provided the fire. You right. just put the paper. It sounded worse right away before I heard Bunsen burner. And I was like, okay, we might need to talk about this. Yeah, it literally was a small sheet of paper. Don't even think the teacher was there. It wasn't. It was like teacher stepped out. You think, ooh, I'm going to try something. And then came in and as we're like, I was stepping it out. So nothing. Okay. Nothing, nothing caught fire. Mm-mm. But you still got it. Okay. I know. I never, no detention. Like I was never grounded. I remember like having my name written on the chalkboard once, like in fifth grade. You know when they used to do that? Like, here's your name on the chalkboard and then it's another warning. And I was like, oh my God, it's the worst thing that could ever happen. And I was like, I never want to feel that again. I'm such a rule follower. Okay. I'm not a rule follower. Okay. You're not even though you're the oldest. No, I'm definitely one that I say always touches the fence, right? Yes. I do not need to follow the rules. I'm not like a rule breaker, but I'm like, get what you need to get done. Yeah. Do what you need to do. And you're like an experiential learner. Correct. Like someone could say like that stove is hot, but you're like, let me just check. No, I don't even know if I would do dumb things like that, but like, like (laughs) (laughs) no, I wouldn't touch the stove. I'm not that dumb, but like, I will even still, it's like, I will not follow. Like if you're like, you have to do it this way. I'm like, do I, but that's not me. So I will definitely always bend to what works for my personality or how I need to get things done. Now, did I get in trouble for talking? 100%. 100%. Okay. Did okay, I have trouble yes, in school? Same. 100%. Was yeah. I always academically challenged? But I really didn't care. Like it was, yeah. I was always causing a headache, I'm sure, to my parents because I wouldn't study. Yeah. I wasn't good at school through like elementary, middle, high school. Yeah. I mean, I learned later in life that as I was diagnosed this year with ADHD, that as a 44 year old, Oh, right. Maybe that was causing a lot of the issues. And now that I've had children. Yeah, it has to have been. And that's pretty wild, right? That just when we were growing up, that just wasn't looked at. People didn't look at that, right? It was just that like, you're talkative. Why can't you concentrate what's wrong with you? Right. And like, obviously you're just not good at school. And it's like, no. And you had to wait until you're 44 to be like, oh, actually, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like this is what's going on with my brain. And you learn, like my daughter has learning disabilities. So I'm like, oh, I'm betting a thousand that that was my issue also with spelling or whatnot. But there's so many more advancements because back when we were younger, it was like you were in like special ed, general. Right. There's something to be superior in honors. There was your range. Oh, I don't think we have that in Wisconsin. Cut and dry, cut and dry. We had like special ed or regular. And then once you got to like high school, it was like AP and yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So not a big drinker in high school. What about college then? Like how did that go? Yeah. I mean, I would say I drank through high school here yeah. and there. Nothing crazy. Weed was popular. There's yeah. like a few memories that I have of like, I have one vivid memory in my like senior year of like going to an event where I, I smoked a bong for the one and only time I ever did it. Yeah. And, you know, it was like an after party after a dance. And we, yeah. how did we rent hotel rooms? I don't even know. Same. We, we did hotel parties. And this is an Oakbrook at a decent hotel. I was like, this, and it wasn't parents. Like our generation, parents didn't do anything for us. No, no, no. And mine was in Wisconsin Dells. And yeah, we just like rented a hotel, like 16, 17. I'm like, how do we do that? 
and there was no credit card. So, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. so many changes that have happened. Yes. I mean, you are not getting caught because these are not things that are an issue. Yes. Yeah. But you know, so I drank beer like everybody else. There's like a couple memories. Like I recall, I was good at like, I ditched school once and drank at home with somebody sitting in my room. It's like socializing, yeah. kind of like how you engage yeah. as an adult. It was like, we were just sitting around drinking and talking. Yeah. So nothing crazy. I don't have any real strong memories of like, oof. but yeah. college, same thing. Like I would drink, but nothing. It was a lot of beer. I never was a booze drinker and I never yeah. had money to do totally. crazy stuff or we would go out to the bars and it was just very like, I got a picture, you got a picture. And I had a great fake ID. And yeah, when I went to college, went away, my first year and a half, I stayed at a junior college, kind of like I didn't know what I wanted to do. My parents were like, you're not taking out a loan. Yeah. It's obscene. I got into schools, but they're like, nope. So I did junior college and I got great grades and my parents were like, what the frick is going on? Why all of a sudden are you... No, they're like, why didn't you do that before? You're like, oh, okay. Exactly. It was kind of one of those, like, I was ready at my time to do things and I was studying things that I wanted to study. So my boyfriend out of high school into college went away and I was able to visit often and he was involved in a fraternity and, you know, yeah. we would drink at the fraternity parties, but nothing, we weren't going to bars at that point. And then I transferred out of like college of DuPage as a sophomore mid-year because I forgot to apply. I had the application done and I didn't turn it in in time. Oh, no. And yeah. so I couldn't go in the beginning of the fall. I had to wait. So, you know, okay. procrastination. Yeah. The fact that I had it done really is like... Wow. But never had any issues. So like college is fun. I go away to school. I go to like a mid-sized school in Illinois. And did I drink? Yeah. You know, I was still doing long distance dating. So it was, you know, kind of the same thing. So it was more like I joined a sorority. You know, it's like drinking. Like everyone was doing it. And yours was not like out of the ordinary. No, nothing was out of control either. So it's like my drinking story doesn't kick in really until later in life. Yeah. So just kind of like your traditional, not even like a crazy college kid. But I do know that like at points later in the years of college, there are moments that like my one year. So I almost had one year where I was single. And that's the year that gets blurrier in the sense of maybe doing stuff that I shouldn't have been doing or, okay. you know, hooking up with people that, you know, wasn't ideal or, yeah. you know, don't really know, went to this event and then popped out with so-and-so. I'm better stable, like yeah. in a relationship. Yeah. So you went a little wild when you were single, which didn't we all? <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. So like nothing, nothing, nothing really crazy. like, yeah, no flashing lights, no interventions, nope. nothing like just a college kid. Okay. So when did you meet your husband? I met Adam after I graduated college. I was still dating my college boyfriend okay. that summer. He was younger than me. He went back to school. This is before cell phones. Yes. And, you know, I was like, we'll make this work. And, you know, maybe I'll move down to this podunk town in the middle of Illinois when you graduate or what? Ugh, I'm so grossed out to think like I would have ever been like, oh. this is my person. Oh my God. I know. Doesn't it like when I think about some exes, I'm like, holy shit. It feels like you just dodged a bullet. Yeah. Thank God. Right. Thank God. Thank yes. God. So that was going into 
you know, being a professional. And at yeah. the time when we graduated, it's like you had to get a job right away because yeah. you were going to get off your parents' insurance because you didn't have any options. Yeah. So I started my career at 21 mm-hmm. and like went straight through. And, you know, I kind of like met my husband through, so my college friends, different groups in college, yeah. two different people were Adam's high school friends. Oh, okay. So I had met Adam my senior year of college at a party. His parents used to own a bar and restaurant. Okay. I grew up in a completely different neighborhood. He was from the South side. I was from the Western suburbs. And my best girlfriend took me there to a party that winter. She said, come with me. Great. I met him. Nothing. Like didn't. Yeah. I I was in a relationship. I come from a family where my father cheated Mm. and I am very opposed. Yeah. So I didn't swing to be like, ooh, you know. I was like, hey, thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Moving along. So I re-met him the summer there, like as like we were kicking into fall. A friend of ours at they dated high school. So Adam was friends with them then. Mm -hmm. I'm friends with them from college. And we met at a black party, you know what I'm saying? It was a yeah. small group, you know, and we all were kind of sitting around. It wasn't a huge event yeah. and just kind of had a good conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just kind of easy. Yeah. Both of us are very outgoing and friendly and salespeople as adults. Yeah. And it just was like an easy conversation. So there were different meetups that we like would kind of, you know, I was going out with these friends and we were not hooking up at all at this point, but yeah. like kind of getting Running to know into each, other. each other. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. And then my friend was like, I had probably been dumped by my college boyfriend. He went back to school and he broke up with me. You know, we didn't have a cell phone, so I'm yeah. trying to get a hold of him. Yeah. I'm hearing this through people. But now you can only call and get a hold of someone via an answering machine. So yeah. they've got to be at their apartment to answer their phone. So, of course, like anxiety-driven me is spiraling and finally get a hold of them and then that ends. Okay. So now I'm available and literally I think I broke up in August and I met Adam probably in August and yeah. we started dating in October. Okay. So we've been together since October 2000. Wow. October 2000. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Was there a lot of drinking early in the courtship, like as there tends to be, where it's like... Yeah, I'm sure it's like right? we were out drinking, yeah. it's social, it's beer, it's cocktails. Yeah. Like that's what you do in totally. your young 20s, yes. right? Uh-huh. So we dated long distance. Adam was going to Germany for football. Oh. I knew that when we dated, mm-hmm. he played in college and then he played for the German Football League after wow, college. Okay. Yeah. So he was going to Europe. I knew that and it was kind of like brought to my attention and we still decided to like, you know, that was going to be in April and we met in October. So we dated and it was like everything was involved. Like it was him and I. Yeah. And we were both working and doing our things, but you know what I'm saying? It's like the weekends, every weekend we're spending. So we would spend a lot of time at his parents' bar and restaurant and we would drink and yeah. hang out and life was easy. There was no responsibilities. I'm at home. He's at home. Yes. So I would stay there for the, you know, the weekend or whatnot. And it was just casual. Like yeah. in that sense, it was just easy. Yeah. So I'm 21 at this point, 21, 22. I think I was 22 when we started dating and I'm 45 now. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. it's a range there. I've been with him longer than I've been without him. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. 
That's pretty wild. And so you guys get married and... There's a long period between we met and we didn't get married until seven years later. Oh, seven years later. Okay. So you dated for seven years. Yeah. So he lived in Germany, came back, 9-11 happened, Mm. shut everything down, Mm -hmm. job market's horrible. Now he gets a position within the same organization that I worked for, but in a different division and in DC. Okay. So now he's in DC. So we're long distance still. So a lot of like long distance in the seven years. In the first two. Okay. In the first two. And then you guys were together after that. Yes. Okay. We moved in in 04, dated. I mean, Adams, like I've said, you know, you kind of have to give the push to get him to do things. So at year like six something, I'm like, everybody else has met and gotten married. And I'm like, I am so freaking tired of this. And at about 25, women tend to slow down. Mm -hmm. So yes, did we party and drink? Yep. And at about the age of 25, I was like, okay, I'm not intrigued in staying out later, getting wasted or whatever it may be. So I slowed down and the trajectory kind of kept going for like the guy. Okay. So for him, it kept going. You were like ready to slow down, get married. You wanted kids, obviously. Yeah, but didn't, I mean, right this away. is 25. Yeah. I didn't have my kid till 33. Okay. So yeah. there's still a range. So yeah, we live together at this point. You know, yeah. everything's like 50-50 mentality and we are out in Naperville and everything's fine. And it must have been like year two something of our lease I think we lived there a little over three years. And we also had season tickets to the White Sox. Yeah. And I was like, just annoyed, right? Like we have dated forever. We've lived together. Shit or get off the pot. Get off the pot mentality. And I was getting real pissed. Yeah. So literally it was one of those things that he's like, all right, I need your money for season tickets. And I was like, I don't think I can commit to it. And he's like, what? I was like, well, if you can't commit to me, why am I going to commit to this? Literally said that. And I'm not a usually an ultimatum girl, but I was like, I'm just tired of this. And he's like, oh, I swear it's happening this year. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just letting you know if it happens on December 31st, I'm saying no. And that's BS. Like I'm not sitting around waiting. When do we get engaged? December 18th. Uh, Okay. I want to talk because I know that your drinking is like, COVID, right? No, my drinking started when I had kids. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Good. I mean, (laughs) good, not good, but I mean, very, very apt for a sober mom life. Okay. Uh So then you guys are married and then you wait a while to have kids. Yeah. First year marriage is tough. Yeah. You know, don't know why everything's the same, but now I've like locked him into something and it's a commitment issue. Yeah. And how's the drinking like then? Is it just kind of the same? Yeah. Okay. When going out more. So it was more at that time when out. Okay. Right. Not necessarily the day to day at this point. Like yeah. we're young, you're doing more stuff for work. Totally. It was when out, okay. not in. Okay. So more weekendy type thing. Totally. Yes. Yeah. So we have kids years later. Okay. 33 and 34. And you know, that's when things are like, oh, we own our condo in the city. We've been there for quite some time. We moved in like right after we got married. So we've been in Chicago several years at this point. Yeah. And now we're married. We have a child. And just the anxiety for me. Yes. I didn't have like postpartum. Postpartum. I was like PTSD. Postpartum. <laughs> it's all the same thing yeah. in that situation yeah. somewhat. Pretty much. I mean, maybe I did have a little. Yeah. But I have Quinn. Everything's okay. It was a horrible delivery. Oh. Listen, you forget 
And that's how like you're created to have more babies. Totally. But was it easy? No. Yeah. I was massive. He was nine pounds, seven ounces. Oh, the delivery was yeah. very hard and long and they had to like plunge him out or vacuum and him out. And it was natural. And, yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Okay. They thought he'd be a hearty eight, six. Wrong. They suck. If anyone's pregnant listening to this, just know that whatever they're telling you, whatever size they're telling you your baby is, they're wrong. They were wrong with all of mine. I think they were, yeah, yeah at least a pound off. I had small babies. Like, Evie was going to be like seven something, and she was six pounds total. Oh, like, they were under for you. They were under. Yeah. And I, I mean, I wasn't under. I was, <laughs> I was huge. I was huge with Quinn. My thyroid was off. So like oh, everything so wasn't hard. working. Like yeah. I already had no thyroid because it was zapped because I was hyper when yeah. I was younger. Yeah. So they got rid of it because it's easier to control. And it was out of like, oh. not working. it was like non-existent oh. towards the end of the pregnancy. So I just felt like Shamu yeah. walking up four flights of stairs with Shrek feet. <laughs> so I'm not joking. I was icing my feet because I had oh. to do stuff. I worked through the whole thing. I was like, I will not go on leave so because yeah. I'm like, you're not going to pay me and I will not not get paid. Right. Oh my God. And so then did you feel like your drinking then ramped up after he was born? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was, you yeah. think, to quiet the... Anxiety. The feeling of how hard it is yes. as a working mom. Yeah. I have an amazing nanny who I love to this day. I, you know, I'm living in the city. It's just so many things going on. Quinn wouldn't latch. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was stubborn from the get-go. Like his mom, I'm sure. So it was hard. And that is what I turned to. Wine, wine. Oh, it's great. Of course, because everyone's telling us to do that. Right. So not on an antidepressant probably at this point, nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm just Mm -hmm. feeling like shit. Mm -hmm. And I'm you know, trying to get back to like a normal feeling. Like my body was like, yes, and just gross. I felt big Mm -hmm. and uncomfortable and I never felt like I lost the weight. Was I working out? No. Was I drinking wine? Yes. Did I love sweets? Yes. So like nothing was like helping the situation, right? Like I just felt uncomfortable in my own skin, mm-hmm. unhappy probably because it was hard Yeah, and I didn't know how to handle that. And it's like, I'm the person that's like, I got it. Mm-hmm. I can do it, you know? Yeah. So asking for help is hard. And then there's also that guilt of like, I should be happy. Like, I remember feeling like that. Like I have everything I've wanted. Why is this so hard? And why does this suck? That first baby is just like, it rocks your world. Correct. It's so hard. Yeah. It's definitely hard and it's not easy and it's a lot going on. Yeah. And you're just tired. Yeah. Overall, it was what it was. And I, you know, managed through it, but my kid wasn't easy. He was definitely what now is an ADD child, ADHD. Yeah. yeah. And he was hyperactive and independent. So I would take him to these classes and he'd be like kind of off doing his own thing in the corner. Like that mm-hmm. was how he rolled. Yeah. And then I'm sitting there chasing a kid and I don't want to be there and I'm spending all this money to try to do the right things. Yeah. And you're just like, I'm spinning my wheels. Totally. And so the wine kind of was there to help you kind of numb, right? Yeah. And just like escape. Yeah. Feel calm. I mean, I've got the experience where I got, you know, even at that time I didn't like crappy wine. It was like nice, really good yeah. wines. Yeah. It was like, you know, oh no, no, no. I only like La Creme or higher. Like, right. You know, right. So it's like 20 and up. Yeah. Feel like it's fine. I mean- yeah. Like that it's good, that it's like heart healthy and all of these things, that all the bullshit, right? Yes. Yes. And I have a story from when I bought tickets to Alinea 
we bought like the dinner. I bought it for Adam's birthday. I want to say it probably yeah. was December timeframe. We're going to go. His parents are going to come watch Quinn. Yeah. Everything's great. And we are gearing up to leave. And I bought like the drink package to go with the dinner package, all the stuff. Yeah. And Alinea is like at one of the best restaurants in Chicago. I think it's got a Michelin star. Yeah. And it's a experience. It's not yeah. a restaurant. Right. It's an experience. And it's hard to get into and it's very yes. expensive. It's like an event. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I drink a bottle of wine before we even leave the house. Mm-hmm. Why? I have no idea. Yeah. What a dumb fucking decision oh. that was. Yeah. So we get there and everything's fine. Now I've never been, I'm not a shot girl. I've yeah. never been a champagne girl. I can drink beverages fast, whether it's water, white yeah. wine, red wine. I can drink quick. So I never went to certain things for that reason. I don't agree with bubbles and champagne. Yeah. I yeah. just would always get headaches. And sure enough, where do we start? You start back with the bubbly in the beginning. Yeah. And it's the whites. And so it's sugary on top of this yeah. red bottle that I've already drank. Yeah. And, you know, it's like eight courses. T- I don't know. Oh, which eight, is intense. Ten, yes. oh. With a wine pairing per course. Oh. And I am like fucked up. Yes. Like yes. four and a half courses in. I'm literally like, I can't drink anymore, Adam. Yeah. He's like, well, what? And I'm like, I need to step up and go to the bathroom. Like, yeah. I also am not one to throw up. So like, yeah. that's not my issue. Yeah. And I'm just like, Ooh, like when it just hits. You totally. And you're like, I'm not going to enjoy this like fine dining experience. $100 meal and experience at all. And like, what a shame, <laughs> right? Have you been there since? You, now you need to go back in sobriety. I have been. I've gone again. Okay. Okay. Good. Not since sobriety, but I didn't do the wine pairing. Okay. That's good. And I didn't drink ahead of time. Yes. I did go back, but basically I rallied. I didn't throw up. I didn't anything, yeah. but I rallied my energy and I was like, no drinks. So yeah. Yeah. enjoyed it, whatnot, but I was like, what a shame right. that I screwed that up. Yeah. I didn't ruin the table. I didn't ruin the dinner. We were there, but yeah. what a shame. But the fact that it stays with you this much later, right? That you can pinpoint that and be like, God, oh, yeah, yeah. just like what a shame that an alcohol yes. was there to do its thing, right? Like nothing, Correct. it wasn't you, it was the alcohol. Yes, my poor decisions with that. But yeah, those yeah. events where everything turned into drinking, we drank with friends. We met mom, friends at the park that I still am close with. But what do you do after, you know, it's like, oh, right. somebody lived right next door. It was like, you'd bring stuff down. I would truck down with a cart of like the kid's cart and you'd bring like rosé with you and yes. cups and it was like, these were your, these yeah. are still my people, but yeah. this is what we did. We allowed the kids to play and do kid things and we drank. Yes. And not too long ago, or maybe it was like last spring. Remember like we had a call and I was like, you guys, I was just at the park with a mom and I totally smelled alcohol on her breath. And you were like, yeah, of course. Like that's, and I was like, yeah. oh yeah, right. That's normal. Like, when you're out of it for so long, you know, I'm like, oh, right. Like that is like, that's what they do. Yeah, that's normal. So that yeah. was, you know, our new normal. And I had yeah. Charlotte and she came like two years later. And I think at that point, maybe I figured out like, ooh, maybe I have anxiety. And I had a whole conversation with my doctor and yeah. got put on like medication for that. Not 
anxious, but like just that feeling of an elephant on your chest. That was kind of like where you have to like can't catch your breath mentality. Um, Those were the experiences. And I I mean, I was literally like, should I go on? Shouldn't I go on? I kept my doctor there. And would you send your wife on this? What do you recommend? Never, never was a conversation of drinking. Okay. That's what I was going to say. Did you at all Mm -hmm. link... No, right? No. You didn't link it no, to alcohol. Yeah. It wasn't a big thing then. I right. didn't grow up in a family. My dad did stop drinking my entire life for the most part. So yeah. I never really saw my dad drinking. And my mom comes from a huge family and she's one of nine and her parents passed young. Yeah. And we never, it was just not the thing. I have uncles that were bad. Yeah. Like, you know, you lose your family and it becomes like chaos And, you know, it's like kids raising kids and that really did happen. It was like young people that shouldn't be parents are parenting teens. It's survival of the fittest for that household. And so my mom didn't really drink. We didn't drink a lot like growing up. It wasn't like stuff I saw. Yeah. And also in that time, it was just, we weren't educated about it. I mean, I think women still don't connect their anxiety to alcohol. They just don't. Not at all. And so then like, Let's talk about COVID and let's talk about drinking. Yeah. When, yeah, <laughs> when, it, got, when drinking. it got real bad. Yeah. I would say this whole time, like I would black out. Okay. I was a fun drunk. Yeah. I was not like a mean drunk. Yeah. I was always down for having a good time. I would never drink and drive because my career relied on like driving a car. So I will say like yeah. responsible. And I lived in the city and we took Ubers and we would walk. Right. That's just what you did. We walked to the park in the winter. We yeah. walked home. Like that's what yeah. you did in the Midwest. That's what you do here. Mm-hmm. That's ingrained. So like I've never put myself for the most part in like a real shitty situation mm-hmm. that like, oof. In that regard. Right. I don't know how I got home at times, you know, walking. Yeah. But that's how we did it. We would always drink. We would get together with these people and drink. You know, that was like our social circle. Yeah. And so we're selling our condo in the city. I think in like 2019, we decide our kids are, I think Charlotte's in kindergarten and Quinn is in second grade and they're in CPS and we're in Chicago public schools. I was just going to say, just, just to, that's Chicago yes. public schools for when, yes, for the, for the house. <laughs> when you hear CPS outside of the yeah, Chicago, Child Protective yes, Services. outside of Chicago, it's not, yes, no, it's CPS is Chicago public schools. So other than that, wasn't an issue for everybody in Chicago. You know that, but for those outside, yes. it is the school system. And we were like, okay, my son has ADHD. He's getting some services here. My daughter is here. We live in a condo. It's fourth floor, walk up. It's three bedrooms. We all fit. But I'm like, this isn't necessarily what I want. And selfishly, we stay in the city because you like the restaurants and you like living in this urban environment. And this is what I know. And then it's like, all right, this is not ideal anymore. So we decide, okay, yeah. at the end of this year, we're going to like start figuring it out. And we put our house on the market, I think in like November, I don't know. I don't even know when we did. Yeah. We put it on the market and yeah. it was like hope for the best and it sells. And the closing date is in March. We can't rent back from them because I was like, we need to get through the school year. So now we're into 2020 beginning and we've made it through Christmas 19. We go to Disney. That was our present that year. Everything was great. And we're closing on our condo. Everything's packed up. We're going to live in an Airbnb for three months and get us through the school year. And then we're going to look then and we'll move out then. But we're going to, we can't do it. Like I need these people to move in our condo and we're done. Yeah. So we close as Chicago is shutting down. 
So COVID is coming in and, you know, there's chatter before as we're looking at places like what's going on? Have you heard? And then everything shuts down as we are closing on our unit and the movers have already packed and taken all of our stuff away. Yeah. So now we are going to an Airbnb with this catastrophe going on. Yeah. And we're like, okay, how long is this going to last? Yeah. But you know, what's his face is on the news. I, I always want to say Blagojevich, but it's not. Pritzker? Pritzker. Yeah. It's a bigger guy. Mm-hmm. It's Fred Flintstone. Yeah. Um, Fred Gosh. is speaking to us. Pretty much. Yeah. Like, two weeks we're going to, you know, and I vividly oh. remember where I'm sitting in the Airbnb yes. sitting room. And, yes. you know, it was a great space for a temporary period, but our temporary period went 13 months. So yeah. we went from a three-bedroom, two-bathroom condominium where was our stuff to yeah. a two-small-bedroom, one-bathroom, oh. minimal amenities, yes. beautiful brownstone, but not where I want to be long-term with none of our furniture. Oh. So I remember with the world shutting down and it's like, things are going to close and you're like, scrambles. Yeah. What do we need? And it was. It was like that joke of like, you know, yeah. we had a like a hutch that was a built-in it literally was this huge thing and there's like glass above it. And we would just have like, like we had a bar, like yeah. that we were running like a bar. fully stocked. Yeah. Not like fully stocked back stock. Right. We right. Had back right. Stock. It wasn't like you could get a <laughs> bottle of wine. You're getting a case yeah. of the wine that you like yeah. or whatever yeah. it may be. So did we drink? Yeah. Did we drink a lot? A hundred percent. Like yeah. all the time. It was like, yeah, work got furloughed, then work came back. Then I was working 80% and both of us are outside salespeople and yeah. that's not ours. And in the medical profession where everything was shut down, if it wasn't a medical necessity, so yeah. dental shut down, fertility shut down, and we are not working really. Yeah. So we're yeah. doing everything from our little itty bitty space and it's yeah. just awful. Yeah. And drinking like pretty much. Daily, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Maybe not every day. Like I never needed to drink every day. I never ever yeah. got to that point where it was like, oh God. Like shaking, like I need it. Yeah, yeah. No. Like never. physically addicted. Not physically addicted. Could go without, could drink, you know, here and there. But probably like habitual. Yeah, totally. It's like an activity, right? And totally. you're like, yeah. come, like we had a COVID family and it was like, oh great. You yeah. know, and, and we would joke with my girlfriend, it's at a one bottle or two bottle night. Yeah, you know, and it was kind of like our COVID family. Yeah, so we would do all of that together. So it was just very much normalized, right? Yeah, you do. Yes, and did you hate it while you were in it, drinking or COVID? The drinking, I think. No, no, because you were like, this is just kind of what we're doing. Yeah, and know that I went back and forth. I have always done dry Januarys for years. Okay. Okay. I mean, even when I lived in the city, yeah, I don't like New Year's Eve. We would stay in, and maybe I would like have a glass of wine, and then I'd be like, "It's midnight." If I was awake, yeah, I would set it down and be like, "I'm done," and I had no issue. But always was like, "Ooh, it's only thirty days." Can't right. wait till that's like over. counting down, counting down, never. And so, when do you think you started to feel like it was too much? Yeah, like that. It was like, hold on. Like I'm connecting the dots to alcohol being not probably through COVID, not okay. until we moved out. Yeah. It was one of those things that you just kept doing it, right? Yeah. Like even yeah. when we moved. So we leave 13 months later and we move out of state just across the border. And, you know, it's still the normal thing to do with people. Yeah. You know, and we meet yeah. people and it's social. But it really wasn't like a, you know, have I had hangovers where you're like, fuck, I feel awful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then you just take a couple of days off. 
And that was fine. Right. Like, so quitting wasn't an option. Quitting was just like, that's not what you talked about. Right. You know, I think I'd always thought like, is this too much? And I'd ask my husband who came from a family where it was a big issue. And he'd be like, you weren't like my mom or like this person. So like, it wasn't as bad. So like, when you think of like stopping drinking or an alcoholic, you kind of think of the worst case scenario. You don't necessarily think of our middle ground folk. Right. And I would consider like... I could go with it. I could go without it. But I knew that it was helping me mentally, what I thought was helping me get through this situation, parenting, anxiety, you know, you name it. When in the reality, it's doing the exact opposite. But I don't know that. Right. You don't know that yet. No. So I moved out of state and we kept drinking. And it wasn't until literally, well, my dad got sick. And I don't know if that really kicked it up the trajectory more. So my dad falls. My dad isn't doing as well. They're divorced. He's dating. It's just a lot. And I then proceed to go balls in, you know, where it's maybe more blacking out or no recollection or drinking more than I want or making cocktails now. And so I've moved from wine, which I still drink, but like, oh, I like tequila and I like making fresh drinks and stuff. Yeah. Too much blacking out, too much blacking out. And it was like consistent. And I'm like, I was a person that would fall asleep. Yeah. It sucks. Like I would pass out and be like, and good night. Right. So it never was seen as an issue to probably the outside world. My dad passes away in May. And, you know, of course, then I'm going to use it way more as a yeah. crutch and I'm anxious and I'm sad and I'm blah, you yeah. know, and what do you do? You just right. keep drinking right through. Yeah. And I have blackouts and I go, 4th of July is big around here mm-hmm. and our friends have an event and my cousin is moving out of state. She's finished her rotation. She's a doctor now and she's leaving her fellowship and she's moving out of state. She's at our home and we're going to events and I get wasted at a party that I brought the alcohol to and I get so drunk that I am passed out in the seat. Don't remember fireworks. Mm. Don't remember going home. Don't remember like 90% of the party. Mm-hmm. It's a day party. It's hot, whatever. Yeah. And then it was like the next day I don't drink and I have people here. Then it was the 4th of July and we were like, blah, blah, blah. Like my cousin was gearing up to leave on the 5th and people were staying the night here. And it started off with tequila Mm -hmm. something in the morning. Mm -hmm. And it just went all the way up the whole day. Mm -hmm. And then sure enough, it was one of those things that I was like, I don't remember Mm -hmm. swimming at our friend's pool. I don't remember coming home. I don't remember any of these things. Yeah. And the next morning I woke up so hungover and just shitty Mm -hmm. that I was like, I don't want this anymore. Mm. And I was like, then I was shaky. So that was clearly way too much drinking and the alcohol is like, just insane in my system. And I've got not the yeah. shakes, but I'm like, you know, very anxious. Yeah. Hands, withdrawal. Yeah. Withdrawal. Like, you know, I think I probably took an edible to like calm that down. Yeah. Now, I never would drink after because I was like, oh no, right. I just can't. Right. But I would take like a two milligram gummy to like yeah. level out. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I was mm. like, I'm done. Yeah. And you've talked about it. Like when you were done, you were done. I was done. You weren't afraid of this forever. You seem to have such a good head on your shoulders. Like when we talk about in the meeting and it's just like, no, like you don't get caught up in the what ifs and the scary stuff and the social aspect and the, but what will people think and what, like you were really just like, I'm done and I'm owning it. And like, I'm just done with this. Yeah. And I was the person that was like, 
I just can't live on this wheel anymore. Yeah. It's just, I feel like shit. The anxiety is bad. I never talked to my dad about his drinking, but I bet you we had a very similar backstory. Yeah. I wish I would know from his point of view. Yeah. So my mom's got her point of view, but that may be, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. your side, their side, and like the truth. Totally. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So that was awful. So stopped. July 5th was my day one. And I never looked back and I'm so glad. And I just felt free and it, yes. you know, it's slow. It wasn't right off the bat. Yeah. I'm like, Ooh, I feel amazing. Right. I was tired and all of that. Yeah. And just like the process, but I'm like, I don't even know how I stumbled upon your group. Yeah. Cause it was literally, I think you started in June or July. When did you start? I think I started the podcast actually the week before 4th of July 2022. Okay. And so I think 4th of July was maybe my second episode. And then mm-hmm. we started groups, I think that fall. Mm. Yeah. November? Was it November? I think November. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you you might have even been on the first call. I wish I could remember. Oh, I'm sure I was. Right? I think you were like from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So like I started the podcast right as you were stopping drinking. Yeah. And I just felt comfortable with my decision and I shared it. I'm not one, and this was a huge step. Clearly it's been over a year Yeah. of me being like, mm, I don't think so. I'm very confident in my decision. I'm very comfortable sharing it one-on-one with people. Yeah. I don't have a crazy story, I feel. Yeah. I have maybe a relatable story to a lot very. of women. Yeah. And I know that I just was like over it and I love the engagement. And I think that, you know, I always did dry January and people would be like, so how long are you doing it for? What's going on? Yeah. And when I made this decision, I, I'm the text person. I'm the person that was like, I need to let people know. Yes. You always give this great advice. Yeah. I need to let you know, but I don't want to have these long conversations of like, Ooh, what was your point? Why? Like, no, I just made a choice. But everybody has seen my situations, right. you know, yeah. and not bad situations, just like they've seen me not remember or seen me like sleeping. And- right. And that's the thing. Like people kind of expect, they're like, oh, you're not drinking anymore. I wonder how bad it got. And it's right. like, no, it's not even about yeah. that. Like it's just about the living yeah. in with the shame and the cycle and the madness and just wanting to be done. And that a lot of times isn't that, yeah, it's not a sensational story. Mm-hmm. But like I always say, it's the most important one to tell on here yeah, because it is the most relatable. Yeah. And I've not looked back. I've never thought about it. I've never picked it up. Yeah. I've been very good about making like some mocktails. You know, I like to feel yeah. included. So I bring my own stuff yeah. wherever I want to go. You know, and people know. So yep. I sent the message out and people would be like, I'm proud of you. I didn't have to go in deep. Yeah. I just was like, this is my decision. I'm sick of feeling crummy. Yeah. I'm sick of, you know, to some my girlfriend's like blacking out and not remembering things. And they're like, I'm really yeah. happy. And some were like, yeah, I was getting a little nervous. But they wouldn't say that yeah. to me until I said, I'm done. Totally. How far in did you send that text? Because you always Quick. give this good advice when people feel that like stickiness of like, I want to talk about it, but I don't know what to say. And you're always like, hey, here's what I did. I sent a text. Like it was pretty early on, right? It was probably within like a week or something. Yeah. Like I'm just done. Like, because if you've That's got plans amazing. and you're going to go out, I had a wedding like shortly yes. after. So like, I'm going to tell my family. And the wedding was boring. Yes. I know, like I've gone to other things that have been fun. Yeah. But that was like really like one and a half weeks in. And I had told just a couple of relatives. Yeah. And some things are just boring. 
Yes. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, I just was like there and I'm here and I'm present, but I'm just not going to be like, yeah, you know, and that was okay. Totally. I never shied away from events. I never felt yeah. bad with my decision. There were people who'd be like, so is this forever? And I was like, my, my plan, but I just don't yes. go deep. You don't need to go deep. Oh, no, you don't. This is your choice. Yeah. And if you don't want to, and if it's not the right moment or the right person, and just this idea of being open about it, I think is huge. One of the most important choices Mm -hmm. because then you're free. But if you're continually like trying to hide or, you know, not say your truth and be honest, that just feels like there's something to be ashamed of. And there's just not. And I will tell you, being an adult diagnosed with ADHD at 44 and feeling like yeah. in that situation when you really are just always like jump, 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 jump like everything yes. is a ball and you're not doing enough and you da, 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 that feeling of like constant, yeah. that was my life. I felt like I was spinning plates yes. and I was never accomplishing and being diagnosed yeah. and actually being medicated for my actual ailment plus being yeah. sober is a game changer for me. And I say to even the doctors I call on that are in this arena, there are so many more women getting diagnosed. I literally go, what do you think women crutch on? What do you think women Mm -hmm. do instead of being diagnosed when they feel overwhelmed? And they'll be like, drink or drink wine. I was like, exactly. And I was like, it's exactly what you don't need to be doing, but that is what we think is normal. So like I'm telling it to my providers that I call on for work. Yeah, I'm comfortable sharing it in the work setting. Yeah. I didn't have a rock bottom. I had a soft landing and I'm so grateful for that. Yes. Oh my God. I'm grateful for you. Well, thank you. I'm grateful for you. (gasps) Okay. Well, I adore you and thank you for this. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay. I'll see you next week. I'm going to go reheat my coffee. Bye. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.